can record. Oh, what time is it? Eh, eh. What time is it? Eh, eh. It's what time is it? We said it. What time is it? It's Black History Musical Bites time with Marianne Yesufu. It's Black History Musical Bites time with Marianne Yesufu. Because, like, real talk, there's so much that we need to unpack, y'all. Like, literally, I feel like, honestly, we've said it. We said it before. Black people totally left some gems behind that, like, aided in the growth of our thing, this thing called world and life, right? We just don't hear about it. And, like, we're here to just, like, talk about it and then sing about it and spiel about it and goo goo ga about it and nerd out about it and all those types of good things because it's black history musical bots boom y'all i'm so excited so excited to have literally literally let me just say her name caitlin hempsteed with us Mm-hmm. And she's gonna tell me if I said it wrong because I I tried I like hesitated for a second I felt it I did I have hesitated how was that was it was it right it, it is usually I pronounce it the other way it's but dead, isn't it listen let me it, say it again let me say but it. the joy and the kindness in it it, it doesn't matter dog nabbit y'all please 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 help me give a round of applause to Caitlin Hempstead she is with us today and i'm so grateful for it let me just tell you a little bit about caitlin she is a writer a comedian and host of the podcast lizard people a show about conspiracy theories i am a sucker for a good conspiracy theory let me tell you y'all give it up for caitlin hi oh what an intro <laughs> That was a lovely intro. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us today on Black History Musical Bites. What made you say yes? <laughs> we reached out and we were like, listen, we just would love some guests. What made you say yes, white woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, happy Black History Month to everyone. <laughs> um uh listen so i am a huge um science fiction fan and in college um i uh finally found out about afrofuturism and part of your spiel was like if you want to talk about afrofuturism and i was like yes always i always want to talk about it i get so excited about it um and uh i think you know there's if I may just launch into my bullshit. Yeah. Um, I think when you grow up white in America, you only see yourself reflected back at you from like all media. And uh, then I went to college and um, I suddenly started to read novels and see movies and hear music that was not about me and how did you feel about that like what did your because your eyes did this wonderful white lady thing that goes oh my god (laughs) like there's other people in the world how did genuinely (laughs) 
great. (laughs) It felt great. I grew up in a community where there were like a lot of immigrants. um, And so I already had the experience of being like, there are worlds within worlds that are, that are not in within my access and that's fine. Amen. Um, And so it was like a real thrill to like, finally, finally have my little bubble uh, penetrated by like, shit that's not about me that has nothing to do with me and it felt great (laughs) it was like Mm. cool I can experience a whole other like way of living and way of perceiving the world through literature and art and music and like wow like the world uh, is so much bigger than I ever even realized like not everything is a Marvel movie (laughs) (laughs) and I'm great and I and I and I am in awe of it. The thing that made me go, wait a second, hold up, who this, who this woman, who this woman right here, like it made me do that kind of moment when you were like, um, I also wrote my undergraduate thesis on Afro Caribbean fiction and constructions of race through immigration. I I went, hold up. First of all, what schools letting white people do this and what parent let this little cute little punk munchkin puff lady do this with her Listen. undergrad degree and money from <laughs> probably grants loans and parents i don't know generational wealth mm, first know. of all it's stuff. all of them <laughs> i went to a uc which are racist institutions i had generational wealth uh, I got a couple of loans, which are easier to get when you know how to navigate the system when you are born. Right. Um, and the grants and shit. Uh, I went to UC Davis. Oh, they just, it's a great school and I loved it. And boy, maybe I shouldn't have tried to speak on this, but fortunately, (laughs) fortunately I had an advisor who was like, babe, just keep it to the books. Don't bring out any, don't, don't try to speak on the real world as it actually exists. Just mm. check your texts, analyze them, like close read them. Cause I was an English major. Okay. Um, and so it was just like, a, I just was really into like these three books in particular. And I noticed a common theme in these books. And I said, I'd like to write about that. And the English department went, okay. <laughs> What do you mind if I ask what books they were? Yeah, it was uh, Breath Eyes Memory by Edwidge Dantecott. These are not these are not speculative fiction. These are sort of like peer reviewed uh, stuff. Yeah, these are like they're they're novels that are all three novels are sort of fictionalized biography. Breath Eyes Memory, Lucy by Jamaica Kincaid, and Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow, which I didn't I didn't know that he was bad. I didn't know at the time. I'm not even oh. apologize. <laughs> Sorry, it's a lot of problematic stuff. Oh man. But and I then, just wow. Hmm, I just wow. was so excited about these novels and like just so passionate about them. And I I I clocked that like Uh, a common theme for the main characters was this experience of like living in the Caribbean and having identity and race be this like really complicated nuanced thing where they grew up and sort of this experience of being able to be like 
I am like a quarter this and a third that, or it being able to say like, I'm from this family and that having more meaning than any sort of like racial makeup. Mm-hmm. And then moving to America where <laughs> race is like literally black and white. It's like, well, put yourself in the box. So which box are you in? Yeah. And, and for the characters that being like a very traumatic experience. Yeah. Like, don't, don't put me in that box, please. I don't want to be put in a box. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Because that box determines all of your like um, access. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and your experience of the world. Yeah. And so yeah. The, you know, part of the larger trauma of immigration in these books being this um nuanced trauma of like, wow, I was a full person and now I am just a yes, this little tiny, yeah. I uh, you know. My, I'm, I'm, I was born, I'm from Nigeria. And so I hear you, I hear you, hear you. Was that part of your, your experience? Absolutely. And, you know, but I'm also, you know, coming from a motherland experience. So the privilege of coming from the motherland is having full access to my identity of being, I am a Yoruba. I am, you Mm. know, I'm, I know exactly I'm from, Abel Kuta, I'm also from Ilesha land. So there's a privilege to that experience of knowing your full map, right? Mm-hmm. But then having to come here and then I have to kind of give and take in order to survive in the social makeup. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, I can't, I, I have to be aware of why it is I have more access as an immigrant versus just being just black because mm-hmm. if i say in my accent well i my accent before it was mushed out of me there's the other thing right i slowly probably fully lost my accent at 16 right mm. but before when you hear when you hear me like this oh what is my name is marianne uh-huh and then, when you hear me like that there's more access that i have versus when i'm speaking like this and i'm like well what do you mean right mm. when i spoke like that i saw those worlds and those doors kind of close because so, people code you as either exactly. like oh like exotic exactly um, like from somewhere exactly oh she's mm-hmm. one of them mm-hmm. yeah she's one of them over here and it's like i'm okay mm-hmm. with being one of them over here like that's a thing that i had to like accept like all of it and all of us as black is mm-hmm. okay and is enough and i think that's where the healing starts to begin and that's why this is this is what we're doing here you know talking about it which brings me to what it is that i feel like you're excited about which made me excited about madam octavia butler but you're reading the other one so i want to hear about that one but like i just want to put put this book up cuz i love kindred i love I, kindred i think it asks <laughs> some of the most like amazing and disturbing and beautiful Oof. questions in science fiction and speculative fiction i love it Oof. um uh yeah I, lo- I also really love parable of the sower like every time i read it i i experience it in a new way and it's just like so prescient and like really feels like the only science fiction i've read that is just like a hundred percent coming true uh, <laughs> in a way that just really sucks Ooh, I always go, well, why, why, why don't they have any Octavia Butler films out? You know, why haven't they like 
adapted. Do you ever wonder, like, what are your thoughts on that? I've looked that up and I don't, I mean, racism, (laughs) like, I think is probably part of it in that, Mm. like, it would have to be a a black woman lead. Creator, right. Yes, black woman creator, like a black woman on screen, like as the complicated hero. Um, uh, and also just like her stuff is fucking dark. Like uh, it's bleak. It's kind of bleak. It's low key bleak. Yeah. And I think like Hollywood likes a, likes a neat, neat, neat like a, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think Uh, when you, when you, have you watched like films by Jordan Peele, which are so avant-garde and wonderful? um, Do you feel something like when it gets to the end? Cause I feel like he does do bleak. And then at the end, it's like nice packagey Hollywood. And I guess we need that. It's nice. It's nice to watch. What do you think? I remember, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, please, please, please. Okay. I remember hearing that for Get Out, he, um, he shot, he like wrote and shot an alternate ending where like the main character is in jail. Like he is in prison for murdering a family of wealthy white people. White people. Um, yeah. And then sort of like test audiences were like, oh, I feel awful. Oh. I feel so bad about that ending. And then he sort of realized, or he said in interviews that he realized like, we've already, the second you see the police lights, you've already experienced that ending. Yeah. And so it is like the more unexpected and the more like um, narratively exciting ending to not have that happen. Fact. Um, which is just always so interesting because like, yeah, anybody who like reads the news and exists in the world is like, of course, of course, that's how it happens. Of course, there's no happy ending for this character. Yeah, I like, um, I was tasked with like putting together some black horror show. And I remember going, oh, you're, you're, oh, you're surprised that what black people are scared of isn't necessarily like being murdered by like some weird crazy maniac i'm scared of the white librarian lady that might take my driver's license it's true i'm scared of redlining i'm scared of going into the rental office with my partner because they might not let us get this fancy apartment because i look like like the way I look. That's what I'm scared of. That's my horror story. That's mm. that that truly is scary. <laughs> right. And I think it's so telling that for white people, the ultimate terror is like, well, I bought my home in the suburbs and I deserve it and I own it. Oh, but what if someone comes and tries to take it away? Like, and it's like it's so yeah, I mean, in recent years, just hearing more about like that's not really my fear from like yeah. black creators is like really educational it's it's wild it's wild um well tell us more about madam octavia butler like tell us um uh and and her role in afrofuturism i like to call her the mother of afrofuturism and then it's really interesting also like to read um books now by african um women writers who are in that Afrofuturism world. And they also like now stamp a different kind of hashtag. They're like, I'm African futurism, not Afrofuturism. Like there's a difference. What What do you, have you read others, 
others and how do you feel about it? I know that was like five questions in one. <laughs> but all really exciting questions. I mean, like, first of all, Octavia Butler gone way too soon. Like oh. I didn't even get to finish um, some of her series. Like really, really sucks that she is not around to sort of be like an elder in this field. Oh, oh um sharing knowledge uh yeah I, I think that I have not read a ton of African futurism I've mostly read like American and Caribbean um like Afrofuture like uh do I have this one like yeah um I love uh this book Midnight Robber by Neil Hopkinson big big fan um which is it's uh it speculates this future in which basically like human beings have just sort of given up on racial harmony and every sort of pod of the world got their own generation ship went out in different directions and for like thousands of years have been on different worlds like Ooh. creating yeah so it's sort of like white people just don't exist in, this, yeah. in her in this novel um and it is a fully caribbean um planet it's like a fully like everybody speaks um in like particular dialects like everybody's like they're just like <laughs> that's great it's, it's so cool it's so cool and it's just this idea of like a fully caribbean world, world. with like high technology but still like keeping to the traditions of like john canoe and like mardi gras and and that's enough and, and, stuff. and it's enough it's enough and, and like what 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 problems in society arise when like we remove which I think is like what the best of speculative fiction is is like right. when we take away the problems so I love Star Trek like if you take away money like what are the problems that human that beings still take? arise right totally yeah I know yeah, I like I like to say like from where I'm from oh we are the dominant group right my my nigerian president is very much someone that looks like me my doctor looks like me my nurse the you know from every different socioeconomic level looks like me yet we still problems still arise hmm. so like we uh, there are african countries living that ex existence and so still problems arise right mm. like we're still human and still create issues outside of um white people yes being the problematic say, ones right you which know? we are but yeah y'all are oh let me tell you y'all are the epicenter of it but like it's interesting like when someone's like oh my god what is it like to like go and visit nigeria and it's like oh it's cool but it might be like shocking to be like, oh, everywhere I look, oh, everyone looks like me. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and chill. Cause I'm used to like the eyes, people staring, but mm -hmm. like no one's staring because everyone's like, go do your thing, girl. And it's a mm -hmm. wonderful experience. And it's also emotional and all of these types of things. That's why I encourage black people to go to Africa, go to any little place that you can to experience that because it's so it's so wonderful yeah so having wonderful. lived like <laughs> life i can't even yeah <laughs> wow what an experience it's cool that's what it is it's the really motherland. cool <laughs> okay so now tell me if you could speak with madame octavia butler 
What's something you would say? What like you ever think about? Oh, yes, definitely. I think yes, I would ask her like what what is what is a good person? Like what is a moral person? Mm-hmm. Like how because I think so much of her work deals with like the complex agonizing task of trying to make the right choice in like horrible situations um and I'm sure she would say like I don't know or figure it out for yourself but like she just is so fucking smart and wise Mm -hmm. in her work that like I think I would just not even so much like how do I be a good person because like that's my job but to figure that out but like what is morality like what what is it what does a good person look like right because she's dissected it so much right that like even a character that is feasibly a good person has these flaws so you're like oh no but that's someone i love that's my dad that's my uncle but he did this thing and how do we come to reckon with it and it's like her characters are so human in a way that like really just like sucks you right in and like makes you feel like you're living in her work okay all right what is a good person oh i would ask her oh that's a good i'm stuck because i don't you asked me a good question Oh, I, I probably would fangirl out and be like, well, what would you want to write? Is there anything that you haven't written that you'd want to write? Yeah. But I'd also be like, can we get a happy story? (laughs) I'd be like, can we, can we just get like a really dope fairy tale? But like, I know. I haven't read the um <laughs> uh, there's one of her series that I haven't read that I have heard is a little bit happier. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be even just a novella, just a quick just novella. You know what? That makes me I, I'm always like in our conversations, I'm like, well, where where can we pull source from to like create this like two minute song that we're about to do, right? And I'm like, there it is. The statement is Auntie Octavia Butler. Can we get a happy story? <laughs> like that's where it is. I don't care what we create with this, but that's that's where we are. I love Auntie it. Butler. Can we get a happy story? Just a crumb of joy. Just a crumb of joy. Ooh, I like that. Okay, here we go. Just a crumb of joy. Just a crumb, crumb, crumb of joy. Just a crumb of joy. Just a crumb, crumb, crumb of joy. The crumb of joy. Just a crumb, crumb, crumb of joy. The crumb, 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 crumb. The crumb of joy. Just a crumb, crumb, crumb of joy. Little bit of joy, just a little bit of joy. Just a character who's happy and they feel some joy. And at the end, they feel better than at the beginning. And the arc goes up and an arc goes up and the arc goes up and the arc ends up. Just a crumb of 
joy, just the crumb, crumb, crumb of joy, just the crumb of joy, just the crumb, 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 crumb of joy, crumb of joy, crumb of joy, crumb of joy. Something to think about. I oh, know, I'm gonna be thinking about it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it has been <laughs> my honor, my absolute honor to have Caitlin Hempstead on this is, Musical Bites. Oh, this is such a fun show. I had a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about it. You gave us the bit. You 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 said just a crumb of joy. I'm like, oh, there it is. That's all we need, yo. Oh, where can we follow you, my dear? Where can we find you? <laughs> Boy, I'm on Twitter at Caitlin Hempstead, but without the D because my name's too long for Twitter. Uh, 
I am uh, if you if you feel like listening to my podcast about conspiracy theories, uh, we uh, the whole purpose of the podcast is just to rip rip them apart and uh, do some goofs. And uh, I have guests on and they uh, choose the conspiracy theory and they try to convince me it's real. And then at the end of the show, uh, we go, it's not real. But it's not- <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, Marion, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you. It's been the best. It literally has. (laughs) Y'all, it's been Black History Musical Bites. Have a blessed rest of y'all's day.